Hello Saints, Todd here with SafeguardYourSoul.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so blessed to have these moments together in the Word of God. And remember, Saints, there's nothing, there's nothing, no thing happening on God's planet that is even remotely as important as the work of the gospel and feeding the sheep of Jesus Christ for whom he died to save so that they can grow in grace, they can be edified, they can be equipped for the work of the ministry according to the scriptures. And let me just guarantee you this one thing, by the grace of God, this outreach will continue to unapologetically endeavor to preach the whole of the word of God, regardless of who gets offended or not in Jesus name. And please remember that your prayers and support are vital to this operation. Thank you. The love of the Father is not in him. Remember that? That's 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. Notice, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And that would speak to the love of the Father is not in him. And it's obvious in that he is not loving the body of Christ, applying that to the this late last hour in which we find ourselves, we know Jesus told us that the love of many is going to wax cold there in Matthew chapter 24, where he says, because iniquity would abound, the love of many would wax cold. And that waxing cold is toward the body of Christ, the people of God. We know from 1 John chapter 5, verse 1, that everyone that's right with God, that's born of God, and abiding in Christ also loves all the others who are part members of the body of Christ. So it says here in Matthew 24, beginning in verse 10, and then shall many be offended because of all the persecutions, that is, and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And boy, don't we see that happening. And many, but my focus here today is not the world, but that are those who profess to be the people of of God. Jesus said, "You by their fruits you shall know them, Matthew 7, verse 16 and verse 20. And the first in the list of nine dimensions of the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, 22 and 23 is love. If we don't have love, then we're not of God. That clearly proves that we're not of God. That's evidence or fruit of a wicked heart and not a servant of God. Jesus said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. When people who once walk with God no longer interrelate with and communicate with other members of the body of Christ, that means they have backslidden, they have fallen away, and unless they're restored, which is God's will, they will spend eternity in the lake of fire. In fact, it's going to be worse for them than if they had never known the way of righteousness and never tasted the heavenly gift of eternal life. The book of Hebrews chapter 6, also 2 Peter 2, 20 through 22. So Jesus says, after he tells us in Matthew 24, verse 10, that many are going to be offended, many are going to betray one another and hate one another. Then he says, and many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. And you know, the way those false prophets deceive many is that they teach them, they carry them away with their false teachings, away from Christ and away from the 
body of Christ. You see, when you become a Christian, Jesus said, you shall love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Your life is no longer your own. It is God's. Old things are passed away, and all things have become new, and all things are of God. And what did God do? He sent his only begotten son who showed us the Father. And his whole life on earth, Jesus' life on earth, was to glorify the Father. He didn't do or say anything that the Father didn't show him to do and say. John 5, verse 30, etc. And so Jesus is the revelation of the Father. He says, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. And we have him, his life on earth, on record in the Holy Scriptures. And so we know who is of God and who is not of God. Now, those who are of God, they love God supremely. He is the first and foremost authority. His word is first and foremost, highest divine authority on all matters of life and faith. And they love him with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. He is their first love. Revelation 2, 4, and 5. And just after that, and in, and in that order specifically, that divine order, they love the body of Christ. Anybody who does not love the body of Christ is not of Christ, period. Jesus said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another, not for, but to another. You see, the word to carries with it the notion, the idea, the weight that you will be communicating that love to others. Galatians chapter 6 verse 10 says that we are to love all men, but especially those who are of the household of faith. Galatians 6 verse 10 says, as we therefore, therefore have opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. So Jesus is warning of this last hour where false prophets are going to arise and they're going to deceive many. They're preaching a false Jesus, another Jesus, as Paul put it in Galatians 1 and 2 Corinthians 11. They're preaching another gospel that doesn't have knowing God and walking in his love. Jesus said the whole law and the prophets were summed up in two commands, Matthew 22, 37 through 40, and that is to love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Never to love yourself. We're never told to love ourselves in the Bible, and anyone preaching that is absolutely, without exception, a false teacher who is teaching a doctrine of devils. God didn't call you to love yourself. That's innate. We all love ourselves already, and uh, he said, deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. Be crucified with me, and I will raise you up. And when God is raising you up, God is love. The love of God is shed abroad in your hearts by the Holy Ghost. When God is working in your life, because you're doing what? You're working out, not for, but working out your own salvation. You're walking it out with fear and trembling. You're abiding in Christ, in other words, John 15. And God is working in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And his good pleasure is to love. God is love. We're even to pray for and love our own enemies, much less the body of Christ. When Again, when people that claim to be Christians and swear they're Christians are not loving the body of Christ, are not forgiving the body of Christ, are not edifying the body of Christ, are not teaching the body of Christ, are not ministering to and being ministered to by the body of Christ, that person proves they are outside of the kingdom of Christ. There's 
no such thing as a child of God who doesn't love the people of God. So many false prophets are going to rise. They're going to deceive many. And one of the ways they're going to do that is by false teaching that does not emphasize the love of God. To love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Remember, the first verse we read, 1 John 2.15, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And that love is not in him, and it's clearly seen in that he's not manifesting it to the body of Christ. Why? Because he's focused on this world. It goes on to speak of the lust of the flesh, the next verse. It defines what the world is and what is in the world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, verse 16, 1 John 2, but is of the world. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. What is the will of God? Is to know him. Hallelujah. John 17, 3, Jesus said, This is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. And when we know him who is love, his love is in us. And it's being communicated outwardly, horizontally, as we're worshiping Jesus as first love vertically. There is no hiding. There is no stopping the flow of his love through your life. At first, the cross is first upward, and then it's outward. Matthew 22, 37 through 40. Loving the Lord, that's first. Loving your neighbor as yourself. Your cup is running over onto others as you're abiding in Christ. If you're not abiding in Christ, having been born again previously, you're not right with God. Your love has waxed cold. The love of the Father is not in you because you're lusting after the things of this world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. See, your life is in this world. You're trying to impress men, mere sinful men. You're not interested in pleasing and loving God and his people because you're full of yourself. You are a evil, wicked person. James 4, 4, ye adulterers and adulteresses. See, spiritual adultery right here. Know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity. That means the strongest word for hate in the Bible is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. And being a friend of the world is speaking of lusting after and walking according to the dictates of fallen mankind all around us who lust after the things of this world. Jesus said that which is highly esteemed in the eyes of men is an abomination to God. What do you esteem to be important, my friend? What do you esteem? Is Jesus the most important, the first priority love of your life? Just thereafter, what about his people? Do you have a list of his people you're praying for every day? Are you praying to be kept in the love of God, to look for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto everlasting life? Jude verse 21. Or otherwise, it's either one or the other. Jesus said, you're either with me or you are against me. No man can serve two masters. And if you're with Christ, you're loving him. That's your first priority in your life. You're loving him and you're loving the body of Christ, especially unto them who are of the household of God. Galatians 6, 10. That doesn't mean you're not loving the lost and seeking to get them saved, but your first priority, as is God's, is the body of Christ. Jesus said, I pray not for the world, but I pray for those you've given me, Father. John 17. Also notice Jesus said, take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of things which he possesseth. Now I want you to memorize this verse. This is Luke 12, 15. Take 
heed. I want you to read Luke 12, by the way, but I, I want to encourage you to memorize verse 15 in Luke 12. Write it on an index card, handwrite it from the King James Bible, of course, and always. Take heed that, and beware of covetousness. Covetous. What a word. That is a word that is all over the Bible, especially the New Testament. You know, you're either content in Christ or you're coveting the things of this world because you're full of self and the cross is not at the center of your life. You're not crucified with Christ. Beware of covetousness. You're either covetous today or you're content in Christ who said through Paul, be content with such things as you have, thanking God for what you already have. You know, sometimes we get to praying for something and we find ourselves unhappy, discontent, because we're not grateful for what we already have. May the Lord cultivate in each of us a grateful heart. Hallelujah. So beware of covetousness. Covetousness will damn your soul. Ephesians 5 speaks of a covetous man who is an idolater and has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. If you're coveting the things of this world, it makes it clear that you're not worshiping Christ as the first love of your life. God, Jesus told the Ephesian believers, the church, that they were in need of repentance. And if they didn't, that means they were going to perish. Jesus said, except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. And so in Revelation 2, 1 through 6 or 7, Jesus told the Ephesians that they had left their first love. Perhaps someone listening to me once worshiped Jesus, their love for him burned hot, but now it doesn't. What does that mean? They have left their first love. They have allowed the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things to enter in and it choked out the word of God. Mark 4, 17 through 19. It's made them unfruitful and unready, not ready to meet Christ. Take heed and beware of covetousness for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of things which he possesses. See, those things can never do what Christ alone can do as he fills your heart and makes you whole. If you have him, you have everything. He made all, he owns all, and it all awaits those who will love him with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, enduring to the end, escaping and evading and rebuking and getting away from the false prophets, he warned, would arise and deceive many. And then he says, back to Matthew 24, verse 12, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold, but he that shall endure unto the end the same shall be saved. Notice how enduring to the end is connected to two things. Let's look at the previous verse and the following verse. That would be Matthew 24, 12 through 14. Let's read them together. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold, but he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all all nations, and then shall the end come. So those who are enduring to the end, their love is waxing hot, not cold, verse 12. And verse 14, those who are upholding Christ, who is the first love in the lives of all true abiding, presently abiding believers, they are preaching the gospel to the world around them. They are not ashamed of Christ. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it 
it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. Amen. So notice 1 John, back to 1 John, and we're going to close here. There's so many verses in 1 John about the love of God, but let me touch on this one. This passage, 1 John 4, 7 and 8, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Notice how there's an inseparable bond or relationship between those who are born of God, love God, and that would be that they love the children of God. They love one another. I believe that term, that phrase, that command appears 13 times in the New Testament. Love one another. Let's read it again. Verse 7, 1 John 4, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. How can we say, beloved, that we know God who is love, as we're getting ready to read in the next verse, if we don't love one another, we don't manifest his love, how can we say we know him? We don't know him because he is love. And by the way, love is manifested in several different ways, including open rebuke is better than secret love. Proverbs 27, verse 5 and 6, beware of the false love that's taught by the false teachers and the false Christ who rise up and are deceiving many, as we read earlier in Matthew 24. Then he says in verse 8, 1 John 4, he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Notice, he that loveth not knoweth not God. Anyone not walking in the love of God does not know God. 1 John 4, 8, I want you to memorize that one too. He that loveth not knoweth not God. And that always should remind us of the importance we see communicated in 1 Corinthians 13. We call it the love chapter. And without God's love, we are nothing. He that loveth not knoweth not God. You know, recently I did a message on the cardinal. It used the word cardinal in the subject line. Let's look at that. It is on the site, safeguard your soul, the cardinal fruit, I believe, that one knows God. Just look up the word cardinal. It's the cardinal characteristic of knowing God. Wow, it's already been visited and listened to and read by over 1,200 people. That's a blessing. It's a new one. Okay, the cardinal characteristic of knowing God. I want you to listen to that podcast and read those scriptures and make them the treasure of your life. God is love, friends. God is love. In verse 9, 1 John 4, he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation, that means the atoning sacrifice, for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we, loving others as we are loving God, is something that is growing in every true abiding believer. It's perfected in us. Verse 13, Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us, because he hath given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. All right, so then he talks about in verse 16 through 18, that as we dwell in love, we dwell in God. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have 
boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. See, those who are full of the love of God, because they're choosing daily to love God supremely, not themselves, they can be bold. They can be confident, is what that means, in looking forward to the judgment which we shall all face. We all do face judgment, but only those walking in the love of God can face it with confidence, with boldness. And then he says in verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out all fear. See, we don't have fear of being judged by God if we're walking in the love of God, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. Period. Anybody who doesn't love his brother, namely the body of Christ, is not of God. First, The next verse, chapter 5, verse 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that begot loveth him also that is begotten of him. Every member of the true body of Christ loves the other members of the body of Christ without exception. You know, Jesus told us through Paul that the mind of Christ is to love God supremely and also to elevate your neighbor above yourself. This right here, as we close, is going to change somebody's life. If you'll begin to read these three verses every morning for the rest of this week, it's going to change your life because it's going to recalibrate and continue to help transform you in the renewing of your mind that you are Christ. You're no longer your own. You're bought with the price of the very blood of the Lamb, who is the propitiation for our sins. And he came and died for us while we were yet sinners. And now you are a new creature in Christ, beloved. And your whole life is to be loving him and loving others above yourself. That flips the script on the flesh right there. And in conjunction with the cross, the crucified life at the center of your life, you're laying down your life every day. You're crucified with Christ and he's raising you upward to glorify him by loving his people. Notice Philippians 2, 3 through 5 as we close. I want you to remember this passage. It's right in the beginning of Philippians 2, 3 through 5. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem or build up themselves. Is that what it says? No. You better not listen to me as much as you better have your finger and your eyes on the word of God. That was a little test. Those of you who know the scriptures and know this passage, no, it does not say to esteem yourself. Let's read it again. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory. In other words, do nothing to bring glory to yourself. That's what vain glory is. When there's glorying, undue glorying in men instead of God. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Not only on your level, but above you because you're humbling yourself. Amen. And God is raising you up to lift up others, not to be lifted up yourself in vain glory. In loneliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also in the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And then he goes on to talk about how Jesus came from heaven to earth to die for the sins of the world. He put us above himself and he wants us and commands us, that is the mind of Christ, to lift up others and to count them more important and the things that are in their lives more important.
important than ourselves. And that would include them growing in the grace and the love of God. And Father, we pray that we would be kept in the love of God and as we look for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto everlasting life. Lord, pour out and multiply your grace to your people, your divine influence in our hearts, and your divine enablement. Let our hearts be full of your love and overflowing, our cups overflowing on others, God. We love you. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your perfect sacrifice, which made us one with you and the Father. In Jesus' holy name, God bless you, friends. I hope you'll avail yourself to the many scripture-rich resources on this website, safeguardyoursoul.com, and also pray for the fruitfulness and supply of the ministry. That would be highly coveted and appreciated. God bless you. Well, brothers and sisters, it's been a blessing to spend these moments with you in the Word of God. And remember, there's hundreds of more Christ-centered, scripture-rich, edifying podcasts on safeguardyoursoul.com forward slash audios. There's also a store page with several many books on there for your edification in Christ. They're all scripture-rich and Christ-centered. Also, tens of thousands of saints and sinners are being reached every month, and your prayers are coveted for the fruitfulness and supply of this outreach. God be praised, by the way, for those who are supporting, and feel free to visit our donate page on the site, and you can use your debit card, PayPal, or Patreon, and you can become a monthly sustaining member if you choose to do so, and a gift of any amount is so appreciated. Part of this outreach is to equip and supply other ministering disciples across our great country and all over the world. And may God be praised that there's fruitfulness happening among his people and through his beloved saints as we know that the return of our Lord Jesus Christ draws nigh. And we say together in the words of Revelation 22, even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen.